Attention, all curious minds, innovators, and trendsetters. It's time to pause, lean in, and get ready for an extraordinary journey as we dive deep into the fascinating realms of life, technology, entertainment, and business. Let's explore, learn, and grow together. Brace yourselves for the next thrilling episodes of Hit Their Talks is about to take off. Counting down from 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, one and here we go hi everyone zoltan here happy new year we're back this is 2024 this is the first episode we've been doing and uh i'm so excited to be back for season three and thank you for sticking around we start our third year on the podcast so what better way to kick things off is 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 to talk about blockchain like the way we ended it on last year when we talked about fintech, blockchain, gaming, uh, virtual reality, climate change, and everything. So I have with here with me today uh, Robin uh, Wingard, uh, CEO and co-founder at Wingbits. Hi, Robin. Uh, Good to be here. Alex Lungu, uh, CTO and also co-founder of Wingbits. Alex, nice to have you here. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me over. All right, so before we dive into the question, Every time we do this, I would like to introduce uh, our audience and uh, into the, the topic and to see who they are listening to or seeing on video. So let's kickstart with Robin. Tell us a few words about yourself and, and maybe a few words about Wingbits. Uh, hey, everybody. Robin Wingard. Uh, so I'm the CEO, co-founder of Wingbits. So my background is quite diverse. I actually started my background as a professional golfer. I moved to the U.S., lived there for 14 years before moving back here to Sweden, where I'm born. I moved back two and a half years ago and uh, met Alex actually through a uh, startup accelerator here in Stockholm called Antler. Super fun. Uh, after I played golf, uh, started a bunch of companies, but this is the first one in Web3, so it's extremely exciting. And it's it's a token incentivized flight tracking network, and we're going to get a little more into that later. So I'll pass it over to Alex. All right, Alex. Uh, thanks, thanks, Robin. And uh, yeah, I'm Alex. I'm uh, the technical co-founder on the team. Um, I'm of, I'm originally Romanian, but I've been living abroad for my entirety of my life almost. So it's kind of you know have like a serious uh, identity crisis about this point. But uh, except for that, I've been working in tech in different roles, mostly on the back end side of things. And uh, for the last five years before quitting and starting uh, Wingbits, I was at Klarna and uh, I worked there as again, a back end developer, engineer manager, DevOps, whatever, everything that's in the back end, I was there. All right, thank you. Okay, so guys, I'm going to to shoot the first question for both of you, or you can, you can pick it up for everyone. So first of all, could you tell our listeners a bit more about Wingbits and its core mission? Yeah, certainly. So as I briefly mentioned, it is a token a token incentivized uh, flight tracking network. Essentially, what we do is we reward all the data providers based on their contribution in their specific areas with tokens. And essentially, we have two missions. The first mission is to really build the most robust, optimized, and sustainable tracking network, which we believe we can do thanks to this uh, deepened incentive model, actually rewarding people for the value they create. But our second mission essentially is to utilize all these really valuable data to build really cool solutions and models that can essentially bring a whole new level of proactivity into the aviation industry. And we're really aiming to tackle the massive uh, knock-on delay issues 
that exists within aviation. It actually cost the industry $75 billion in 2022. And we believe that it's time to do something about that. And we think we can do that thanks to our uh, setup. All right. So I'm thinking that the next question will be answered by Alex because uh, of, of its origin. So, so what inspired Wingbits to integrate blockchain technology into the aviation data sector? Ah, yeah, I think like before answering that one, it uh, I just need to to explain something that people don't actually usually know. But the current flight tracking, it's all dependent on volunteers, um, including all the data that's being used by, uh, for example, air traffic control, um, by airlines, by all these companies. It all comes from volunteers, which is pretty shocking if you think about it. And uh, there's no, like, well, what we've seen is that there's no incentive for those volunteers to increase the coverage or keep the uptime. Because if I'm an um, aviation geek and I connect my antenna to one of the existing networks, I don't have any incentive to keep it up online when I go on holidays. I just turn it off, go enjoy Spain in the summer, and then I come back and I turn it back on. And it's the same with, um, with uh, increasing the coverage. If I have one antenna, I get the maximum reward already, which is access to the platform. Uh, so there's no incentive for me to kind of go and install another antenna on my uh, mom's balcony or something like that. So we've saw that, uh, well, that kind of causes problems. Do you have areas where you're kind of like highly dependent on volunteers? And it could be that you don't have volunteers in those areas, but you can have like a, a concentration of people who are interested in this data in like bigger cities. Then you get a lot of duplicated data. So what we thought is like we could use the blockchain to sort of create the global community from the start, clear rules and clear rewards for everyone. So if you are if you if you participate in winning bits, then you have a very clear incentive to keep your antenna online, even if you're on holidays, because otherwise you miss out on rewards. And the only way to increase your rewards is either to maximize your range or maximize uh, your coverage. So you are incentivized to go to your mom and to your friends add new antennas and so on. So we, we just thought that uh, this is the perfect model uh, to apply to this use case. And it's gonna help us kind of align the interests of the community with the interests of the company so we can create a more resilient network. So that's that's the plan. All right, so, so, so could you give some examples of how uh, Wingbeats uh, decentralized the flight data benefits, uh, ground control government bodies and, and aviation businesses? Yeah, so the data itself actually has really good use case in multiple areas. If we start with ground control, obviously, you know, it's heavily regulated now that the planes actually transmit the signal. It was regulated in 2017 in Europe, 2020 in the US. But what's actually happening now is a lot of times at airports, they actually outfit the ground vehicles with these transmitters as well. And if you have good coverage over an airport, it kind of gives ground control the ability to have a 360 overview of what's going on both on the ground and in the sky. And they can kind of measure you know, effectiveness of how they're working, where everything is located. And it allows them to essentially allocate resources in a much better way, which saves money and makes, makes a job easier and benefits really everyone from the company to the traveler. If you look at government bodies, here, they can obviously get a good overview of like air traffic growth, where is the highest CO2 footprint in what areas over their countries, what's going on in the airspace, and just overall monitoring. Uh, because, you know, like Alex said, an, an airport doesn't know what's going on if it's more than 30 minutes away from the airport. 
that's when they rely on these networks and also government bodies would rely on this to see what's going on in the airspace and so on. Uh, with aviation businesses, here is really where you can benefit the most. And it's not just from the data itself. It's actually kind of what we briefly touched on in the first question is what can you do with the data? Because aviation industry is massive. It's approaching $6 trillion. It's very reactive. And it's, you know, it's very, I mean, there's a lot of safety for obvious reasons. So they move kind of slow, but it also means that there hasn't been a whole lot of innovation in how it how it's ran. And the more we dive into it, the more we see it's ripe for disruption. So with the aviation industry, with the products we believe we can create when we amass enough of this data and high enough quality, can actually both benefit the aviation industry in terms of saving money, allocate resources, planning for the crews, a better service for the people using commercial airlines for logistics, but also for the end traveler that actually gets a much better experience, have a better insight on how long a layover they need. They know if their plane is going to be delayed ahead of time. So it really benefits everybody on a massive scale within the aviation industry, if you use it correctly. All right. So so our listeners have learned last year about Deepin which is the decentralized physical infrastructure network. And now we're going to repeat this word again for them. So uh, you guys built a, a deep in with over 300 antennas across six continents, right? So so that's very impressive. And, and maybe can you share with our audience some key milestones achieved by Wingbits, uh, your Wingbits community so far? Yeah, I mean, so it's... I think the first thing that we believe is really interesting is like when we went through this accelerator, it's through a venture capital company and they're a traditional VC firm. And the fact that they decided to invest in Wingbits with the Web3 component in there and the fact that they've only out of over a thousand investments, only 0.3% of all investments actually have a Web3 component. I think it both kind of gives a stamp of approval to the idea as we validated the, the use case but also to the deep in space as it like it feels like it's finally a model where it makes total sense the web3 portion serves a perfect purpose but you also kind of have the web2 portion where you can actually bring in revenue and i think this is going to allow these projects to be sustainable more long term and finally kind of show the world that there's an actual use case cuz clearly there's a lot of value in the blockchain technology so that's the first milestone I mean, then we only opened our beta on November 2nd. And, you know, I think we went from 150 million uh, uh, position updates per day to 700 million in just oh, that nice. time, which is obviously super cool. We have over 600 people in our community. And I think the best thing about this whole thing has been seeing uh, the excitement and collaboration within the community. And the fact that all these people are willing to kind of take a chance and joining our project and they're really excited and helping out. I th- I think for me, I mean, that's the biggest milestone is just getting the confirmation that the community likes what we're doing and are willing to help us build it. All right. So, so how did the individuals or communities uh, get started with Wingbits? And, and are there any specific hardware that do you need to use? And, and is it difficult to set up? Oh, I mean, the 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 most common way is to just start with the Raspberry Pi. 
and uh, you will need a Raspberry Pi or any other type of computer, but it's very hard to beat the price of a Raspberry Pi. Um, and you will need an antenna and an adapter. So if you start with the Raspberry Pi Zero and the in the indoor antenna, then the whole setup will cost you about $50 or $60, depends where you live. So it's a uh, quite quite a cheap way to get in. Uh, obviously you won't have the same range as somebody who has an outdoor antenna on a pole, uh, um, but it's very cheap to get started. And then you take it from there, you can upgrade all your hardware. And uh, you can also, like we believe in open hardware, so you can actually participate in WingBits while you participate in other projects. So then you can maximize your hardware and you're not so exposed to the success of one specific project. So you can kind of like, uh, your return of investment is much, much better. Yeah. So very cheap. You can start <laughs> earning tokens. Exactly. All right. So uh, are there any challenges or maybe opportunities do you foresee in uh, expanding the WingBits deep in network? And especially I'm talking about uh, regions that have limited infrastructure. Yeah, I mean, we we've building a data ingestion network from scratch. So uh, like Robin said, going for from 150 million uh, events per day uh, to 700 million in like two months, um, that uh, ends up with a lot of data. So we already have 43 billion data points. Uh, as far as I know, we one of the projects with the most data ingested. And uh, what, when we're gonna reach our goal of like 10,000 antennas, that's gonna be billions of events every day. They need to be cleaned up, aggregated. Um, they need to be, you know, validated and so on. So that that part is challenging by nature, <laughs> and it's a fun, a lot of fun, but very challenging. And obviously, if you if you think about like countries where maybe the bandwidth is not so good, then we're going to need to sample down the data collection so we reduce the data consumption. But we don't actually see many other challenges due to you know the hardware is very cheap. Uh, you only need to uh, install our software and you can install it on your existing laptops or whatever. So like it's, um, we don't see a lot of challenge on the adoption side. We just need to get out there. We need to be there where people are. And um, that becomes complicated when you think about like, you know, we have a very good presence in, in Europe and US uh, like most of other projects, but we want to get down to Africa and South, uh, South America which you know we need to change, like uh, be more friendly to Spanish-speaking people, for example, uh, kind of in internationalize our our community and our uh, web page. So I think like probably the biggest challenge that injection and second challenge is uh, we're a global company from the start. Uh, all the other companies yeah. start in the market and expand and learn. We got to start global, which is uh, interesting. Uh, it's the fun of it. <laughs> All right. So nowadays, of course, uh, the uh, ensuring of uh, data accuracy and re reliability is, is crucial. So uh, my next question is, how does WingBits maintain these standards uh, in its decentralized flight uh, tracking system? Essentially, I mean, due to the nature of how the antennas were set up, we do end up with quite a bit of redundancy, which allows us to kind of cross-check we can also cross check against data that is supplied by you know, government agencies and FAA. And so we know if someone is trying to fake a plane or spoof a plane, there was actually a little incident in Chicago where someone spoofed a plane. Uh, 
And they actually had to shut down for a little bit because they thought the plane was coming in and it was a spoofed plane. Uh, so we do have some good processes in place there, but right now we're kind of evaluating, uh, creating uh, our own device. Uh, right now everyone builds their own device and we never wanna remove that option. We want people to be able to use their own device, but we believe there could be some value in having our own more like turnkey plug and play device that's optimized for what we want to do. And then we can actually add some more security to make it harder to spoof, which would not just benefit, you know, the community getting an easier device to use, but also give us a little bit of a competitive edge as the other networks do not have this type of capability to guarantee certain things. And uh, we have not made any decisions. Uh, we're still, you know, evaluating, talking to the community, but it's something we're thinking about. All right. So maybe could you also elaborate on how the uh, integration with Peak uh, enhances the strength of Wingbeats, uh, the centralized flight data network, and, and what benefits uh, uh, it brings to both projects, Wingbeats and Peak? Yeah, I mean, we joined Peak because we like what they wanted to do. Uh, it's just uh, like many, many, that. many like what they wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's awesome. Like you know, from a, almost from an ideological perspective, like we we know that these projects are only as, as strong as their community, right? So to us, like that that it was the biggest factor. Find the community that has the same mindset as us, because um, when like we want, like I said before, we want people to use their hardware for other projects, but I we feel like we will give them better value in the long term if we expose them to all these other projects coming in into the network and they bring a lot of value in. And uh, we like also the, the model of sharing among the, the, the applications on the network. So you sort of have that incentive of uh, making sure you utilize the network, which I really enjoyed and really liked. But from a, from a practical perspective as well, I mean, um, it's nice that they're creating tools specific for dippins. So then like we don't have to kind of focus on creating these tools again. So we can actually focus on building our end product instead of kind of like uh, spending all the time uh, um, creating tools for the blockchain for rewards and so on. So that, that, that to us, it kind of gives us an advantage because then we can actually just build the product, build what we want to sell, clean the data and all that. And then you reuse tools that are already existing on peak. So I think, um, yeah, like you said, like a lot of people like them uh, for a reason. And um, I, uh, you know, they're new, but they've been doing so, so well so far that I'm like, yeah, we need to partner with them and it worked great. So let's see how, what the future holds now. All right. So how do you think a, a deep in? Uh, should go about choosing between a mission-specific and general-purpose layer one as its backbone? I, I think it depends on their use case, right? Because uh, yeah. I'm a software engineer. So for me, I, I use libraries and frameworks every single day. And it makes total sense to me that I would do that because then I can focus on whatever value I want to deliver. Um, if I would uh, if I would have to re-implement the whole thing all the time, every time I create a new project, I would waste a lot of time. So that was what I was saying before too, like having a mission-specific blockchain makes a lot of sense because you can reuse this tool and framework so you can uh, accelerate your, um, your uh, product. And uh, I mean, nothing stops you from building your own tools anyway. So then um, you have a much higher chance of success if you reuse things. And I think like you also have, um, well, coming back to what I said before, it's like, it's much more likely that you will find 
people and communities that have the same value as you if everybody is operating in the same type of uh, uh, community. So I'm a, a much bigger fan of mission-specific chains. And I think that that's the way the future is going to go. You see that in AI as well. The most useful models are dedicated models, uh, not the generic ones. Those are the ones that are going to succeed in the long run. All right. So, so, so looking further ahead, what are Wingbit's long-term goals and visions uh, for the future of decentralized uh, flight data tracking? And how do you guys see uh, this technology evolving in the aviation industry? Well, so our first goal right now, which we hope is not too long-term, is obviously proving to the community that we can build a, a pro project that actually benefits them for all the work they do. So that's what we're focusing all our effort now on doing is just making sure we get everything set up correctly, we expand our coverage, and we can reward the community properly. The long-term goal after that is actually building these products that can help the aviation industry fighting flight delays, enabling productivity. That in turn is further gonna enhance the value of the community because it's all kind of tied together. And when it comes to the flight tracking network, I mean, it makes sense in my mind that as we grow and the deep in type of model grows and people realize that, okay, I, I no longer have to give away all of this for free. I do, it, it does make sense to me that people will kind of open up their eyes and see, oh, wow, like this is a better model and possibly could disrupt how things are done. And moving into the future, like this type of, you know, um, crowdsourcing of whatever data source you have, maybe it will move to a deep in type of model or incentivized model. I think that's going to be the uh, major disruption. The disruption on the other end from the products we're hoping is that the aviation industry becomes more innovative and 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 can move a little faster and actually and kind of enhance the experience for all the people that are participating from the companies to the travelers because there hasn't been a massive change in the innovation on especially from a travel perspective more than like maybe how you book uh there's a lot yeah. of things to do there all right alex do you want to add something to this as well uh not so much i think like uh robin covered really well i think that uh, the aviation in industry the aviation industry is slow by design because we want it to be safe but there is no reason why it should be uh, reactive uh, we believe that with our products we can bring some proactivity to the industry and that's going to bring a lot of value to, to everybody. All right. So as a final question, now we're in mid-January. We will blink two times and it will be the end of 2024. So fast forward to December 2024. Uh, if you could choose one breakthrough or trend that has dramatically transformed our lives or, or work, what would it be and, and, and why? So, Robin, let's go with you first. It's a really good question. Um, I mean, right now what we're seeing and what we're hoping and what we're believing is that the deep in space will be uh, growing tremendously. And I really want to see some really cool projects within deep in proving that this is going to work. They can be big companies. They can make, make a lot of revenue and still have the Web3 portion and reward in the community. I think that would be the best for everybody, honestly. And so that's what I would hope for. All right, Alex. Uh, flying cars. All, all, no, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, I think that uh, 
what I would like to see is it's a shift of how people see data. Uh, I've been saying it before too. I think like we've been so conditioned with the web too that all the data that we produce is for free. Uh, like we should be grateful that we have a Facebook account. We should be grateful that we have Instagram and so on. Uh, I think the real value of crypto is to kind of uh, empower people to feel like, yeah, I can actually monetize this data. You know, like having an antenna on my balcony why should I not earn something for it? Um, and I think that mind shift is going to accelerate during this year. Uh, and for that, I'm super pumped. And I, I do hope uh, flying cars at some point too, because I hate traffic. So. <laughs> that would definitely be something uh, dramatical for the end of the year. All right, <laughs> yeah, guys. So awesome. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. And thank you for our listeners for joining us again. Once again, Happy New Year. Welcome to 2024 Season 3 of the hip to talk so thank you guys thank you so much thank you and that's a wrap for this section of hip their talks thank you for being a part of our journey today don't forget to tune in next week for more insights and discussions stay connected with us on spotify youtube google podcasts amazon music apple podcasts and more until then keep exploring and keep growing we'll see you next time